and welcome back to part two of our first special in the series uh, for National Entrepreneurship Month of JA Fellows, uh, JA's Recipe for Success. And so with me today, uh, continuing our discussion are some of our JA Fellows alumni. And just, I, I know I mentioned a little bit about JA Fellows before in my first introduction, uh, but now we're in part two. And I just wanna share with you because you may not realize that these students during their JA Fellows experience, during their school time, actually learned and applied business skills that helped them to really start new companies while they were in their teams. Uh, and so they've taken these skills and they have chosen to go on with their entrepreneurial journeys uh, into the real world and the adult world and after college world. And we're so proud of them and we love bringing them back and hearing about what they're doing. And so welcome back everybody. I wanted to just, we, you know, we talked about mindset and we talked about your businesses a little bit. I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the challenges, right? I think that young people, all of us sometimes, even, even me, I look and I go, oh, that's easy. I could be an entrepreneur. I could start a company, right? Um, but I don't think it's as easy as it looks. So I'd love to hear from all of you, you know, Maybe what, you know, what is a challenge that maybe we don't realize from the outside looking in, right? Is this, is this as hard as I think it is? Uh, or is it, is it as easy as it looks from the outside? But tell us a little bit about the challenges and that you're experiencing as you go through building your business. Stefano, you want to start us off? Okay. Well, I think Isaac would actually have more experience in this since he started it way longer than all of us here. But Something that actually came up recently this past month has just been a challenge for me has just been kind of like whether I was like good enough or I had the same skills enough to do or the things that I needed to do as an entrepreneur. Um, I think that was more of like a challenge for me. And after that kind of time, I had to reflect on myself and say like, you know what, I have all these relationships. I have all these support. You know, why would I ever have to doubt myself of going through this? And I think for anyone who ever wants to start a business during school, you know, it's important to have that support system, you know, that relationship that you've built on with your professors or the people you've worked with in the past. And just remind yourself that they are there for you. They're just not there in the moment, but they're there for whatever you do in your business or in your entrepreneurial journey. And so, Oh man, there's a lot of challenges, but I think that's been the one that's been something I'm going through and, and really trying to learn from. Yeah, you know what? Thank you for being so vulnerable and authentic. Um, and by the way, I just want to let you all know that's something that we all continue to go through. And it may not necessarily be doubting us, but sometimes you do. I, I think what I hear you saying, Stefano, is sometimes you feel like you're in it alone. Right. But then you remember that you have people to help you. You have your teams, you have your families, you have uh, investors, right? Whoever it yeah. might be uh, that are helping you along the way. And sometimes we just have to reach out to them. So thank you for sharing that, because I know sometimes that's hard to admit. 
uh, that we're going through that. Uh, Romy, how about you? Well, I think that the biggest obstacle for me has been that I've been running this business through my junior and senior year of high school. So last year, it was just schoolwork and SAT and ACT mixed with um, also like running a, a full-time business. And then this year as well, now that we've like taken it outside of junior achievement um, and we are on our own doing it, it's business mixed with college applications and still like our senior year of high school, like all that workload. So it's really just about time management. And um, I'm lucky enough to be in a team with four of my other peers and just kind of relying on each other um, to take on different workloads. Um, so it's just about collaborating and time management. Mm, yeah. Again, something that we all struggle with. Um, what you all are experiencing is no different than what most leaders and entrepreneurs are experiencing. Isaac, how about you? Uh, I'd say the hardest thing um, is learning how to you know, lead a team. Uh, people management is that is something that a lot of people going into entrepreneurship kind of over overlook. Uh, but it's by far the most important part of your business. You have to be a different boss for every single employee and realize that, you know, you're really managing people and you're managing their livelihood and you're managing their passions. Um, and having strong emotional intelligence is probably the most valuable trait you can have as a business owner. Yeah. And by the way, again, something that we all work on, mm -hmm. I will tell you that for me, I think you have hit on the hardest part of entrepreneurship, of leadership. Uh, because I think, you know, look, we, we're all smart people. You're all smart young people and you can figure out the problems. But managing other people, right, and figuring out how to empower them and engage them, I think is one of the hardest things right. we do. Uh, so I, I would have to agree with that one. I mean, they're all challenges, but, but I, I think that, and by the way, I will tell you this part. You know, I raise a lot of money or in your worlds, right? I sell a lot because sales and fundraising are similar. Run the company, do amazing programs, have a deep impact on students, right? Which you guys are all evident of. But at the end of the day, I will tell you the most rewarding part of my job is building the culture and having a team that really wants to be there, is all in sync on their why, right? Why are we here? And always wants to over deliver and do whatever it takes, right, for the success of the team and the organization. It is the hardest thing to do, but I will tell you, stick with it. It is the most rewarding thing, I think, of being a leader and an entrepreneur. So stick with that one. Um, so Tasha, how about you? What's the biggest challenge? Um, the biggest challenge I faced was um, facing discouragement. Mm. Like, it'll be times, like, where you think that you're doing everything that you can and you're like discouraged that you don't actually get enough sales, get enough people to buy your stuff, get it like facing discouragement was the biggest challenge for me. I felt like I wasn't good enough. You would have those thoughts in your head like, okay, your, your product is not different enough from others. But overcoming that challenge and believing in your product will help you from this facing discouragement. Yeah, absolutely. You have to believe in your product, right? And your why. I, I, I love talking about our why. So I think, you know, I, I love talking to you guys. I mean, and it's, it feels like you've had years and years and years of experience of this um, because you're just all facing the same challenges that all of us are facing. 
And so I think, again, I mentioned earlier that I think young people and people in general look at entrepreneurship and they think it's easy, right? But I can hear from the challenges that that you're all facing and dealing with that it's not easy. So what's the one piece of advice that you would give to our JA Fellows programs, right? The students coming into the program this year, new to entrepreneurship, new to all of this, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give them? And I'll start with Romy. Well, for JA Fellows specifically, build relationships um, with the people on your teams and find a team that you can rely on and work with. JA Fellows isn't just um, the elected executive boards. Like there's so much more people in, in your team and it's so important to utilize those people and collaborate with them as well. Yeah, and what advice would you give to anyone who wanted to become an entrepreneur? Would you tell them to do it? I mean, 100%. Um, I've loved my experience so far, but I think the most important thing is don't do it on your own and try and find someone that you can rely on and people that can support you. Mm. Yeah, having a team, right? Having a great team around you. Stefano, how about you? What, what advice would you give to our students coming in? And then what advice would you give to an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur starting out? For the JA fellow students, and I actually had the pleasure to mentor, I think last year's group from McFadder, and something I realized from these students were the fact that they didn't take risks, right? So as an entrepreneur, you need, you need to take risks. And I felt like if, if we are a little bit more confident of ourselves, especially high school students or middle school students or whatever, and take that risk, you'll never really know, you know, until you've taken that risk to see if it's possible and if it works. And so I encourage every JFL student to take that risk of whatever that idea might be. And for an advice for an entrepreneur, um, if they wanted to go into it, <laughs> I would say have a plan, I think a little bit, you know, maybe a backup plan would also help out with that. Um, having an idea of like where you want to end up and kind of to see if that product or that service will actually get validated by your customers uh, is important. So having that kind of plan is a really good idea as an entrepreneur. Yeah, love that. Got to have some kind of a plan. You know, some people say, oh, you don't need a business plan. Just go, just go. Um, and I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. I think you can just go. I don't think you should wait. Sometimes that stops people from from moving along when because they're so uh, ingrained in having this detailed plan. But I do think you need to know where you're going and a little bit about how you're going to get there. And I love that you kind of said you have a plan A and a plan B. So I kind of like that. So I have a contingency plan. Shatasha, how about you? What advice would you give to our students coming in? And then what advice to someone who told you they wanted to become an entrepreneur? Um, for the students that's coming in, um, I would encourage you guys to think outside of the box. Don't be scared to be different or try to be like everyone else. And for entrepreneurs out there in the world, um, make sure whatever you're doing, you love it. You don't want to be stuck doing something that you don't love. So be passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, really good. Absolutely. I have one more question for you all. Um, you know, we are going through a pandemic. I know we're all a little bit over it. Um, and But it's been a long eight months uh, and a challenging eight months for many of us and for many businesses. Has COVID affected your businesses? Uh, and if it has, has it affected it in a positive way or, or created more challenge for you? Um, and, and how do you plan to come out 
after COVID. So Isaac, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so for us, COVID's actually allowed us to pivot, right? In any type of, you know, thing that can happen in life, there's always opportunity. Um, so we saw a stronger opportunity within the drop shipping model of corporate gifting. People had to still uh, incentivize their employees, incentivize their clients in these tough times. Um, so our platform actually uh, enabled a lot of companies to, to do that. Uh, and then from our, we also service a lot of large e-commerce companies. And within COVID, uh, their their e-com, uh, their Facebook ad costs dropped significantly. Well, and we allowed them to you know scale as well. But our, on our old model that we were doing more focus on before COVID, it was specifically more bulk promo for events, right? And that that business dropped about ninety percent. Uh, yeah. But it's about you know understanding your marketplace and and trying to find a new opportunity. And I also want to kind of mention something because I didn't get to answer the last question. Oh, I'm so sorry. About, you're you're good um, because I just really would love to see this from junior achievement companies. Is I don't see enough companies. Germ Team did, did a good job at it, but go like the B two B market. Try selling to businesses. Um, I think that like it's normally when when people start entrepreneurship, they're always focused on like a direct to consumer model. But you can learn a ton and make a lot of money selling to businesses if you can find a problem. Um, especially if you're working in a tight time span, like in junior achievement. So mm. I just kind of challenge people to try that. Yeah, that's, that's a really, that's really good advice. And yeah, pivoting is something we have all had to do uh, in every business these days. Um, Shatasha, have, what has, what has COVID done for your business? Has it helped it? Um, has it challenged you? Um, and, and how did you deal with it? Um, when everything was like closing down, like not a lot of people was like getting their hair done and stuff like that. So like my business wasn't really getting that much clientele, but as soon as everything opened, it was like people coming in like this, like, I need my hair done. I need my hair done. So I would say it affected me negatively and positively. So yeah. Yeah. So you had to get through the rough time. So, but here's the key, I think, and, and this is interesting uh, during that downtime, Right. Whether it's like you said, that people weren't going and having their hair done or Isaac, in your case, people weren't doing events anymore. Right. How do you stay front and center? And, and we'll we'll touch on that next after I have uh, Stefano and Romy talk about um, their their advice. But I, I think staying front and center with your marketing and letting people know that you're still there and how you're pivoting and all that, because if people don't know, right, then when they do get ready to get their hair done, they're going to go somewhere else. So yeah. definitely want to touch on that because I think that plays a huge role uh, in things. Uh, Stefano, how about you? Well, you? Um, I think Isaac made like the most <laughs> commonly used word out there right now for every entrepreneur, which is like the word pivot. Yeah. Um, for me, the pandemic posed an opportunity and a challenge. And uh, I don't think any business class prepared me for that. Um, but I think for us, when we realized that we had to transition and kind of really work online remotely, with a generation that were was never even online in the first place, that made you question like, how are you even get them to work with you? And so we started working with um, NSU actually, Nova Southeastern, 
with their Lifelong Learning Institute, which is basically a, a campus of older adults who are there to learn through academic lessons. And we're trying to partner with them because they have about 100 plus senior citizens, right? These are older adults, 50 plus and above, um, who are online actually. So they transition every piece of their members online and they're taking Zoom classes. You know, I've been in their, in their Zoom classes and these are like 100 senior citizens now, grandparents or or just older adults who are on Zoom, and you thought you'd never see that. And uh, I'm happy to be partnering with them, working with them. You know, as as uh, Isaac and just many of the other um, JFLs teams should be looking into is that B2B model, right? Working with them, I experimented with that group with the McFadder team about mm -hmm. looking at it of selling to businesses because of the, I guess, really the scalability of that. Um, so that's been really an opportunity for us. The challenge was just trying to transition to that online. But I feel I felt like our generation, speaking, you know, just for us, felt like was already ready to be on that online transition remote work. But it was just kind of getting everybody on board. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you might say that it posed an opportunity uh, during COVID because more and more people wanted to see their families and talk to their families. Yeah. Romy, how about you? So when we started our business with J Fellows, mm -hmm. we had we hadn't even heard the word um, coronavirus before. So in no way was Germ Genie planned mm -hmm. around this. But starting in March, um, all of our manufacturers um, stopped providing completely um, all the products that we were searching for. So we had to change. We had to overcome this obstacle in order to get the opportunity to reach a broader market because now our product was in high demand, but it was a lot harder to put together our product. And it was just about overcoming that obstacle, finding new manufacturers, finding new ways to put our product together that we were able to come to the opportunity of reaching a, a whole new group of people that now needed our product. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, there's so many companies that were shut down, right? So we couldn't get product. Isaac, I wonder if, did you face that challenge as well? Um, from a supply chain perspective? Yeah, it was, it was a crazy few months. Um, but things actually flipped uh, where then, then there was a, within China at least, there was a huge drop in production. People stopped ordering. Um, and then you had a lot better negotiating power. So yeah. So with every challenge comes an opportunity is what I hear for the most part, right? Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, I know that while you were in J Fellows, you you did have to do some marketing and you had to get your company's name out there, right? How important has that been for you, right? I mean, Shatasha, you do hair. Those people coming, how did they know to come to you that maybe you had shut down your business? You must have kept in touch with them somehow. Yes, I was constantly posting like um, like hairstyles and stuff and that I was accepting appointments. And at the time I was working at my godmom's salon. She has her own salon. So um, she would like reach out word like, oh, my uh, goddaughter, she does hair and stuff. She does these styles. So people were like constantly coming. So having that network really kept my business in touch with everyone out there. Right. Yeah. Word of mouth. Some of that is word of mouth, right? Stefano, how did you get the word out there to the seniors? I mean, I know Nova probably helped in that case, but because you started something new right around this time. So yeah. how did you get the word out to everyone? Um, as a marketing major, actually, I think that it kind of prepared me for that and understanding like where your uh, target market is going to be, especially 
um, when everything is kind of like all online. Uh, I kind of invested in a lot of like local newspapers, a lot of word of mouth, little, um, I think we also spent like uh, advertising money on a next door. So it would be like something a little bit more local for people to like address with. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked with really a lot of LLIs, um, a lot of people. And I think being able to have that kind of good relationships with the community and as well as other um, leaders in the community was able to kind of propel that. So yeah. um, that's how we were able to get that and kind of build that credibility with this uh, older generation. Yeah, I hear it. Romy, how about you? Because uh, you guys have done an amazing job of marketing your company, the press that you have going on. I I think I need to just hire you all just to do our press because every time I turn around, there's another story about it. So um, for us, the most important thing to get our new customers and recurring customers has been press. It's just because with social media um, and putting in money for ads on social media, all of that was locked down for any products that had to do with um, medical equipment or anything to do with like protection against coronavirus. So we had to find a new way. And since then we've had article, we have, we had an article on Forbes, we had a segment on NBC six. And it's just about um, the articles and the press, like as much as we can get to get our new and recurring customers to come back. Yeah, I think it certainly has raised awareness about your company for sure. I know I see seeing stuff everywhere. So you all are doing an amazing job. And Isaac, how about you? How did you get your company's name in front of these businesses, right? Now that you were shifting and you were pivoting to this new model, how did you get the word out there and how important was that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we built most of our business and referral base. And then once COVID hit, um, we realized that a lot of these decision makers were going to be home. So it's going to be easier to schedule meetings with them as well as easier to actually get them on the phone. So we built out a full um, outbound sales team uh, with four people on the phones doing cold email outreach uh, and cold calling outreach. And that was kind of our strategy. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, nothing beats um, like organic PR uh, from news or like a, a strong referral program of, you know, other people trust their friends and other colleagues. So. Yeah, that's great. Listen, I I just have to tell you, I would put any one of you up against any entrepreneur I know out there. Um, I am super, super, super excited for all of you. I'm so proud. I I love my job for this exact reason, because when we see young people take the skills that we offer, right, and give them an opportunity to to learn and grow, and then to see you all doing it, I I just feel like a proud mama. So um, I'm so proud of you all. Congratulations. And I, I'm, we're going to, you know, I know we've already met with a couple of you before. I want to definitely keep uh, in touch so we can hear more and more about your businesses and how they're growing. And I know you're going to do more pivoting, uh, new products, new services. I, I can just see that right now in the future for all of you. And so thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for your innovation, for your dedication, um, and for just being amazing entrepreneurs uh, and inspiring to all of us. Thank you, Lori. Lori. You're welcome. And to everyone watching, look, if this doesn't move you, I don't know what will. So if you have not gotten involved, you know, our young entrepreneurs, these young people had mentors 
uh, business people, entrepreneurs from the community who help them to learn and grow. And so there's so many ways that you can get involved uh, during National Entrepreneurship Month, support programs like JA, mentor teams and students like these, uh, but just get out there and get involved and celebrate our entrepreneurs. Thanks everyone for watching. Thank you all for being here. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success.